fossil fuel. Divest it like it's hot. Divest it like it's hot. Divest it like it's hot. You think oil tries to get it shit. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. And if a business get an attitude, drop them like it's hot. Drop them like it's hot. I got McKibben on the phone and I'm gonna protest Gotta stop climate change, you know it's time to divest It's a nice school with good facilities See this library, see these palm trees And we got bachelors and master degrees In every single subject from math to Chinese The mission, exterior got white on The interior, historical like Babylon We get exercise too, go get your gym on We don't cheat on tests and we read Pinchon Killers on the grades, I know killer teach age with the skill to make you feel like y'all already got a made. So it's time to make a new headline, talking all that climbing stuff, trying to divest up. When the coast floods, do we ain't been doing enough? You should give it some thought, take a moment. Matter of fact, you should sign a slip and think before you watch a little TV clip. You invest in fossil fuel. Divest it like it's hot. Divest it like it's hot. Divest it like it's hot. You think oil tries to get it shit. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. And if a business get an attitude, drop them like it's hot. Drop them like it's hot. Drop them like it's hot. I got my kibbin on the phone and I'm gonna protest. Gotta stop climate change. You know it's time to divest. I'm an activist. Y'all knew that. A big thinker, yeah, I had to do that. I keep an orange flag hanging on my backside, but only on the left side. Yeah, that's the left side. Ain't no other way to change the game the way we say I protest like yeah. it was yeah. in my DNA. Yeah. D I B E S T M E N double T I M E. Get a new fuel and this will resolve. See, I specialize in making old system yeah. evolve. So bring your friends, all y'all come rally. Got a worldwide campaign right here. Don't dally. So let's get moving. You know what we do? Got a school full of students and we all here proving. Waiting on the present Congress and the courts. It's about to get globally hot. So wear shorts. You invest in fossil fuel. Divest it like it's hot. Divest it like it's hot. Divest it like it's hot. You think oil tries to get it shit. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. And if a business get an attitude, drop them like it's hot. Drop them like it's hot. Drop them like it's hot. I got my kibben on the phone and I'm gonna protest. Gotta stop climate change. You know what's time to divest. Let me tell it to you straight. Our business model today just isn't okay. We're majorly trapped, and you know that it's cray. In the short-sighted president of yesterday, we got CO2 levels going out the wazoo and a toxic addiction to fossil fuels. Corporations are destructive, arrogant, and dumb. The way that they're in carbon like it's 451. Let's keep them accountable. Show them what the score is, because with massive subsidies, there's no making record profits. It breaks the bank while the water gets higher, and as the planet gets hotter, it's coming down to the wire. How do we escape the system of destruction? Let's remove our stakes. And reason with deduction. So we're going grassroots, that supersedes. Refreeze the ice caps, reverse polarity. Santa Clara, you were on a mission. Forget about greenhouse gases, that's omission. We know the big donors, but we can fund other ways. And leave the short-sighted living just for today. We control our future, now it's time to design a world that's sustainable, a fate that's creatable, and though it seems improbable, these challenges are solvable, but we, at the end of the day, are responsible. You invest in fossil fuel. Divest it like it's hot. Divest it like it's hot. Divest it like it's hot. You think oil tries to get it shit. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. And if a business get an attitude, drop them like it's hot. Drop them like it's hot. Drop them like it's hot. Got my chipping on the phone and I'm gonna protest. Gotta stop climate change. You know it's time to divest. Are you ready for the end of the world?
This is Your Community Spirit, a show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit coming at you on Your Community Radio, 91.1 FM. My name is Tree Song. And we have a guest with us on the phone today. And I think my name is Orr. Yes, well, good. <laughs> and we've got the right guest on the air. You never know who could have snuck on the telephone. <laughs> hey. So did you, I don't know if you could hear that over uh, over the line. Did you get to hear any of the song? The, it was the Divested While It's Hot, Like It's Hot song. <laughs> What do you think? There's climate change or something? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I often think there may, in fact, <laughs> be climate change, seeing as there's all of the vast amounts of data and personal experience. <laughs> so I'm glad we were able to get that song on the air, though, because you know we weren't able to last week because uh, record companies complained and got it taken down. But we bring it to you here on WDBX because knock it out, huh? Yeah, we believe in free speech. I th- I think um, communicating about, about climate change is important, and in the more interesting and fun ways we can do it, the better. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And music, you know, is great because it's it it gets people into it. You know, and it, people get excited, emotional about music. They get dancing and start singing about divested like it's hot. Like, so they just recently marked mark the official release of the National Climate Assessment is a new federal report that details the impact of climate change on a range of sectors across the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, the report, compiled through the U.S. Global Change Research Program, the idea is to bring media attention to climate change. Now, one of the things about it is if you tend to read it, you tend to get depressed, right? Yeah. So here's some six tips for communicating about climate assessment. Do lead with solutions. Energy efficiency, walking more, biking more. These are simple solutions that not only save us money, but, hey, in the process, save the planet which makes it so that it's habitable for humankind. Hey, that's solutions. Yeah, it's a good deal. So. Yeah, another one is, uh, I like that because it focuses on the positive. People, psychologically, you know, they want to hear the positive, the solutions. And also, related to that is do focus on opportunities. Climate change does pose a lot of risks, but it also holds a great deal of opportunity. Climate solutions can help strengthen our economy, our communities, and our health. I mean, for example, like with with clean energy, you know, we can create a lot of jobs doing energy efficiency, installation of clean energy technologies. I mean, if we look at it in the right perspective, it can be an economic boon. You know, we have this big task we have to do, shift our energy infrastructure. That'll create a lot of work for a lot of people who need it. Do keep it local and empower people. The National Climate Assessment is unique in that it actually drills down to regional level impacts. 
suggesting one or two ideas that people can do on their own life, such as making purchasing decision based on a climate, a company's climate track record, can help all of us move past though. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's important because, you know, part of, I mean, part of the reason why we communicate about climate is the goal is often to encourage some kind of action. And if you don't, if you don't explain to me people actions they can take, they get disempowered. You know, they're like, oh, well, it's a big problem. I'll just get depressed. But if you have these examples of ways that they can take action, it may inspire them to actually take that action. And number, number five here is don't fall into the information trap. <laughs> when a new scientific report comes out, it's tempting to use its science-focused conclusions as a way to convince people to act. Uh, you know, research suggests that more scientific information does not always equal more action. And, you know, I can understand this. I, since it's a topic that interests me, I really like hearing about the new science. But if people aren't as into science and you just start lecturing them for 20 minutes about any scientific discipline, they might just be like, oh, I'm tuning this out. I'm going to think about my favorite TV show, <laughs> you know, while this person's talking. So it's not always just about blurting out information. It's about focusing on things like values you have in common with them, opportunities it creates for them, and solutions. So don't fall into the information trap, and don't try to be a scientist. Research actually suggests that many Americans won't be convinced that climate change matters on the basis of science alone. This is actually pretty true about anything nowadays. People don't base things on facts. They base things on emotions. Yeah. And so leverage your identity as a friend, a neighbor, a coworker as a way to pivot people toward action. Mm. Why does climate action, why does climate change matter to you? And yeah. Don't be afraid to use different reasons for different people. I mean... Yeah, you know, like I'm depending on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to someone who I know isn't really concerned about environmental issues, I, w I may talk about the the risks to humans or the job opportunities we just mentioned for the you know clean energy industries. But then someone who's more environmentally minded, I might you know they probably already know about the issue. But you never know. There's some people who are focused more on other environmental issues, so I'll just talk to them about why it's important to me. Well, in Southern Illinois, we can talk about health because we have a lot of coal and that affects how people, you know, it affects cancer rates, it affects how we breathe. And so you can ask people how their health is doing and, you know, directly relate that to the pollution that's being spewed into the atmosphere. Yeah. I thought about that recently. I saw a map of the air quality across the United States and it was obvious why some spots had poor air quality, you know, a big spot hovering over L.A. I wonder why it has bad air quality. <laughs> but then Southern Illinois also had this big sort of red zone of bad air quality, and I'm like, why are we doing this? Is it, is it the... We're like, why? There's all these trees. Yeah, there's these wonderful trees. Is it the, is it the coal? Is it the... Is there something going on industrially in St. Louis? I, I don't know. We've got a lot of things in our region, a lot of extraction industries coming here, and there's a lot of health impacts on the night. Well, one thing that's starting to happen happen is a lot of uh, people and even universities are dumping their coal company investments 
Yeah. They're like, why are we investing in companies that are ultimately killing us? Mm-hmm. Um, so here's one. Stanford University's endowment fund is a fat one, nearly $19 billion rich. And moving forward, none of those riches will be sunk into the ghastly practice of coal mining. The university, which is situated at the edge of Silicon Valley, a hotbed for clean technology companies like Tesla, announced on Tuesday that its board of trustees had approved a divestment resolution. According to the university's statement, the fund will sell off all stocks and abstain from buying any more in, quote, publicly traded companies whose principal business is the mining of coal for use in energy generation, end quote. Yeah, that's pretty So, intense. I mean, this is a small but constructive step while work continues as Stanford and everywhere else to develop broadly viable, sustainable energy solutions. Yeah. You know. And I like I like this quote too. This is a quote I think they should send to their friends over at Harvard and uh, at other universities. Stanford has a responsibility as a global citizen to promote sustainability for our planet, and we work intensively to do so through our research, our educational programs, and our campus operations. Moving away from coal in the investment context, it's a small but constructive step while work continues, as Stanford and elsewhere, to develop broadly visible sustainable solutions for its future. I mean, it's kind of, on some level, it's kind of a cookie-cutter, we're going to protect the environment statement. But it's very, it's it's exactly the sort of thing that I feel the divestment movement is going for, to get all these respected public institutions to stop their investments and put out public statements saying, we're not going to invest in this anymore because it's destructive. And if they can do it, I mean, if they can do it at a place like Stanford, maybe it'll spread to other universities well, too. Well, on the other side of the education coin, Wyoming became the first state to reject science standards over climate change. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, of course, Wyoming is the nation's top coal-producing state, but it's the first to reject K through 12 science standards proposed by national education groups mainly because of global warming components. I mean, literally, the Wyoming Board of Education decided recently that this education standards need more review after questions were raised about the treatment of man-made global warming. So, here's a quote. We can't get some standards that are Wyoming standards and standards we can all be proud of. They're going to look into whether they can get those standards. So, um, of course, this is a blow to science education in Wyoming, period. So. Yeah. Yeah, here's a quote from uh, a proponent of the standards. The science standards are acknowledged to be the best to prepare our kids for the future. And they're evidence-based, peer-reviewed, etc. Why would we want anything less for Wyoming? Yeah, I mean, it's too bad when, you know, the the sort of biases of adults end up affecting and diminishing the education of children, you know. Children have a, a right to know what's going on in their world, and climate change is happening now and is very much going to affect what's going on in their future as well as their present. So, I mean, I know 
you know, you can't talk about it on the same level that you talk about other adults about it, but you can include it at an age-appropriate level in the curriculum, which it sounds like they've done, but Wyoming isn't interested. <laughs> well, I should say, you know, there are probably a lot of people in Wyoming who are interested, but the education system has apparently failed them in that regard. This one's interesting. It says Vermont becomes the first state to require GMO labeling. Of course, the law is not set to go into effect until July 1st, 2016. Hmm. But still. Yeah. May 8th, Reuters. Vermont on Thursday became the first U.S. state to mandate labeling of food made with genetically modified organisms as the governor signed a law that is widely expected to be challenged in court by some food and agriculture companies. The law, set to take effect July 1st, 2016, would be, for the first time, align at least a small part of the United States with the more than 60 other countries that require labeling. Is Vermont the small? No, Rhode Island would be the smallest state. Yeah. So... Our small, one of our smallest states is going along with 60 other countries that require genetic labeling of genetically engineered foods. Yeah. And this sets the stage for more than a dozen other states that are currently considering mandatory labeling of such GMO foods. So. Yeah, because once you've got one, it, it gets the foot in the door, and they set up systems to see how it works. I mean, they're not banning it. They're just labeling it so people have the choice. Yeah, I think labeling is good, you know. I mean, it gives people more information. And then people, you know, there are people who are pro-GMO who will say, oh, I like this, I'm going to buy this, and they'll, they'll buy it. It right. also helps with research, too, you know. It's the research of the health effects of GMOs. Because there are people debate, does it, doesn't it, well... If we don't know what the public's eating, if we don't know which foods are GMOs and which are not, it gets harder to study that. Correct. I mean, how do people know if they like it or not if they don't have a choice of trying it? Yeah. So, here's a good quote from the governor of Vermont. Quote, Vermonters will have the right to know what's in their food. He told cheering supporters in a speech at the State House steps, We are pro-information. Mm -hmm. Vermont gets it right with this bill, unquote. Now, the governor also said the state has set up a food fight fund. Hey, I said that pretty good. Food fight fund to take online donations to help defend the law from litigation expected to be filed by food industry in interest who want to, of course, block the law, right? Yeah. So, a food fight fund. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's some fun alliteration there. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, well, I want to mention quickly one more local story, and then we can get to some of the holidays and happenings. SIU student fees sought to guarantee the future of the SIU Daily Egyptian newspaper. The future of Southern Illinois University Carbondale student newspaper, the Daily Egyptian, remained uncertain on Thursday after a committee failed to advance a student fee the 98-year-old publication's advisor says is necessary for long-term survival. Now, the proposal was for a $9 per semester fee. Uh, that, to me, that doesn't seem like too much. You know, I know people are getting a lot of fees over at SIU, but $9 doesn't seem too bad. 
But uh, it was tabled by the university's finance committee, and it would co- cover the paper's deficit. Uh, the, the former president, uh, Glenn Pichard, gave $55,000 last year out of his office to keep it going. And the current president, Randy Dunn, uh, who just started on May 1st, promised to keep, you know, to give the same amount to keep it going. But that's one of those, you know, short-term budget solutions. So they're trying to figure out how to fund it in the long term. So do students get to keep a newspaper at SIU? We'll let you know how that story unfolds. And you can well, like... And the newspaper seems to do a lot more uh, national news than the actual local newspaper. Mm-hmm. It seemed like reading the student-run newspaper... I always seem to get a lot more international news than I did with the local papers. <laughs> yeah. It just could be my perception, but it seemed that way to me. Yeah. It's kind of ironic. <laughs> so, we failed last week to talk about the May 8th, right? Yeah, we didn't so really, yeah. We should talk about that as a holiday. Yeah. Of course, it's only unique to southern illinois so anybody who's listening to us on the internet might not know what that day means yeah but yeah back in may 8th of 2009 there was uh well we a lot of people in southern illinois call it the inland hurricane of 2009 they're starting to call it the super derecho um i don't quite think it to me it didn't seem like a derecho phenomenon but uh, well i heard that the governor's started calling it a derecho because nobody had hurricane insurance because, of course, we're not in a hurricane area. Yeah, we're pretty landlocked here. So, Right. So the idea that it was the first ever recorded inland hurricane, they didn't really want to talk about that because, first of all, that would you know bring up the climate change issues. But the main thing was insurance companies would not have honored anything if it was called a hurricane. They would have had a chance to push back on all of that. So to just call it, you know, a derecho, which is just a straight line winds. Um, but anyway, it devastated the area. Um, there was a lot of people without power for, you know, uh, not, not a horribly long time, but enough that everybody lost all their food. Um, but the main thing was, even years later, the area hasn't recovered. Yeah. I mean... I mean, you can still see spots where there are less trees or damaged trees. Well, I mean, in the city of Carbondale, I remember uh, an assessment saying that we lost, just in the downtown area, over 3,000 trees. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah, people who, so, people who are new might not think about it, but there are a lot of spots around where you see this little, in the sidewalk, you'll see like a square of dirt, and you're like, why is there just a square of dirt here? Well, that used to be a tree before the May 8th storm. And not just a little tree. I mean, we're talking trees that were, you know, 50, 75 foot tall. And yeah, they towered over the building. Three, four, five, even the tree in my front yard was about eight foot in diameter. Yeah. You know, well, the root ball was like, 14 but it was not small so yeah all right and i always take it as a time to reflect on climate change too you know you you can't really 
fully demonstrate that any one weather event is related to climate change, but it's a sort of thing that's going to happen more as climate change continues advancing. Are you prepared for Mother's Day? Saturday is Birth Mother's Day, which is the Saturday before Mother's Day. Hmm. Saturday is also Clean Up Your Room Day. Hmm. And International Migratory Bird Day. I wonder if it's Clean Up Your Room Day so that on Sunday your your mother gets to look in there and see that your room's clean and be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Saturday's Clean Up Your Room Day and then Sunday's Cook Food for Your Mom Day, right? Yeah. (laughs) So... Your mom hopefully will have a weekend off there. Yeah. And Sunday is also Twilight Zone Day. (laughs) And Monday is Fatigue Syndrome Day. So there are a lot of uh, related syndromes that have to do with uh, chronic fatigue. And it's often hard for people who aren't experiencing it to understand that it's not just being tired, it's being unable to do things. So Monday is a day for awareness about that. On Sunday, it's Mother's Day, but it's also Eat What You Want Day, I guess, because Mom's not around. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Her mom gets to eat what she wants. <laughs> Monday is International Thir- Nurses Day and Limerick Day. Hmm. Oh, and Leprechaun Day on, on Tuesday. <laughs> Wednesday is Dance Like a Chicken Day, and it's National Receptionist Day. So if you can get a receptionist to dance like a chicken, you get bonus points. <laughs> oh. Thursday is National Chocolate Chip Day and Police Officers Memorial Day. Yeah. Chocolate Chip Day, that's one of the most important holidays. Celebration of chocolate. <laughs> All right, we've got some events coming up in the community here. Uh, tonight's Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair. Friday Night Fair is a free community event featuring locally grown produce, food court, live music. It's basically a big party at the Town Square Pavilion. It's coming up tonight from 6 to 9 with music this week by Seven Day Weekend and Kundalini Cowboys. Saturday, 9 till noon, the Carbondale Community Farmer's Market at the Carbondale Community High School. They're outdoors for the spring. This is a place for the community to gather, meet the faces of agriculture, and get the taste of Southern Illinois. Also Saturday, the weekly vigil for peace and justice. This is noon to one at the Town Square Pavilion. It happens every Saturday, standing up and standing out since December of 2001. Yes, and coming up next Thursday, this is a, a new monthly event that's been going on for a couple of months now. It's Faith in the Environment. It's a discussion group coming up on Thursday. It's always the third Thursday at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Uh, We don't have a specific topic picked out yet this week. It's it's focused generally on climate change because the the start of it all was the national uh, preaching on climate change. You know, it's sought to connect uh, faith and faith values to the issue of climate change. So ever since then, on Thursday. Third Thursday at 7 p.m., we've been having something related to the environment and faith. And mark your calendar for the weekend of May 23rd, the Heartland Forest Council, the 2014 Heartwood Forest Council, a climate of extraction, will be held that weekend in the heart of the Shawnee National Forest. Go to heartwood.org to register 
There is a good long list of great speakers and music. Basically, it's the chance to get into the woods and um, get re-inspired with a lot of the forest activists. Yeah, I've been to one of those. It's really fun, really good time, and I like the fact that they're connecting forest issues and climate issues because, you know, protecting local forests and local ecologies is a wonderful way to respond to climate change because not only are you protecting this great place in your own region, but you're also helping all of those trees to continue taking in all the CO2 and helping us not get further along with climate change. So, yeah, once again, heartwood.org is where you can check that out. We'll have a little bit more about it as it approaches. Good deal. We'll see you again on the radio next week, eh? Yes, next week on the radio. In the meantime, wherever you are, enjoy the hopefully wonderful weather. Hey, Treesong, we need to mention your book. Oh, yeah, my book. Your book right now is being given away for free on Amazon still, right? Yeah, given a free giveaway of my first novel, Change, which is about climate change. It's currently at uh, the number three spot of the uh, free fiction, political fiction giveaways. So uh, it's, people are reading it, so hopefully checking it out, learning a little bit about climate change, learning a little bit about Southern Illinois if they've never been here. Yeah, so go there and download Tree Song's book. It's based mostly locally in southern Illinois in the region, and it has a lot of places you might recognize and a few people you might recognize, mm. and it is a good, quick read, and then, you know, download it and then put a good review on there so that when the free thing is over, some people will buy it, so. Yeah, it's a good deal. Thanks for mentioning it. <laughs> All right, in the meantime, hope you enjoy the wonderful weather out there, and we'll see you here next week on the radio.